Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are talking about quite a film. Absolutely. I, w- I would say this is a delicious serving of film. This is, I, I, you know what, without further ado, it's, it's 1991 Switch, written and directed by Blake Edwards. Blake Edwards, most known for doing a lot of, like, high-profile shit. He directed Breakfast at Tiffany's, Victor Victoria, which starred his, which starred his wife, Julie Andrews. Uh, He is no longer with us, but he was with Julie Andrews for a very long time, and they were creative collaborators, too. He did a lot of the Pink Panthers, Pink Panther movies, and I think he did the original Pink Panther movie. He did, which I love. I love the Pink Panther movies. So, like, this is a guy with the pedigree, and you can tell because the film, like, in terms of how it looks, it looks amazing. Yes, it does. It's amazingly cast. Yes. it's, It's really, the cast we've got... Ellen Barkin, Jimmy Smith, Joe Beth Williams, Lorraine Bracco. Like, I could honestly stop there because that's amazing. We got Bruce Payne, <laughs> like, and playing the devil, which, yes, please, thank yes. you so much. Catherine yeah. Keener plays a secretary and just love to see her. Yeah, it's just been, it's, it's such a great cast. Like, this is really. Like, as much as this is a very flawed film, but I have to say that after watching this, I would like to purchase this movie. I would like to own this movie, and I would like to subject it to, like, an unsuspecting friend. This is like, what is this? Oh, absolutely. It's a delightful movie. And like you said, it's visually really, really satisfying, really well shot. I love the styling. I love, I mean, you know, it's early 90s, so... There's all of that when it comes to the fashion and everything. But just, like, the color of the film, it's very easy on the eyes. Oh, my God. And it knows the way that Ellen Barkin is shot. Like, it's like they know how fucking beautiful this woman is. In every shot, like, her entire wardrobe, it's just... I couldn't, I was so horny at 10 in the morning watching this movie. (laughs) She was so hot. It was so distracting. Yeah, no, she is so hot. And I love it because she's shot really well, but it doesn't feel gazy. It feels just natural. Like just letting her kind of essence, and I mean the essence of what's going on with her character, just come through the shots. So it's it's not like a gratuitous here's a shot of her ass or, you know, we're, we're looking at her cleavage. It's just like, here she is. No, and you know, she, here's Ellen Barkin. She totally commands the camera. Every scene that she is in, she is the alpha of that scene. Like she is, it's one of those things where it's like, it almost feels like an old Hollywood film, which makes sense. Cause Blake Edwards made films in the sixties where the camera loves her the camera respects her the camera knows that she's in charge yeah absolutely i think there's like a consensual relationship between her and the camera which sounds funny to say but a lot of movies especially in the last few decades when they're framing you know a hot female protagonist character it is it does not feel consensual it feels like the camera is like leering at the woman and it does not feel that way with Ellen Bargain. She is just taking the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And wow, Jimmy Smith. 
Jimmy Smith. He's a man, a whole so, man. So fine as well. It's, oh yeah, I mean this is like a bi panic movie. Like the, <laughs> just watching him and Ellen Barkin. Just wow, hello to both of you. Just I, I just love that we get to welcome them both to the podcast because I don't think that we've talked about them. Yeah, at this all. is their first appearance. Absolutely, I love that. Love that. Also love bringing Joe Beth Williams to the podcast. She's great. Yeah, we actually have a lot of first time appearances on this episode from really heavy hitter actors. Yeah, so I love that for us. Really, I mean, it's so okay. So this is so this is a movie about a womanizer getting his comeuppance. Yeah, which I mean, I'm before what women want, and there's and there's advertising. It's like what women want is like a different version of this movie oh for sure what women want wanted to (laughs) there were i feel like those movies in conversation if they went out to lunch if those movies were people they could talk about hey what women want you did these things that we tried to do in switch and hey switch you did these things that we could not pull off in what women want yeah yeah exactly exactly so we've got this guy his name is steve he's played by perry king who I am not familiar with at all. I guess like an, an older yeah, actor, he was, television actor. Yeah, he, he was in like Riptide, The Lords of Flatbush, The Perfect Wife, The Possession. Oh my God, he was in Lipstick, man. One day we're going to have to do Lipstick on In the Smut and it's going to be a very... Um, stressful episode (laughs) i feel like like every episode of in the smut is stressful by nature of the genre and what so many of the movies do so i'm always i'm always excited when it's like this one is gonna get us this is gonna yeah (laughs) this is going to be the movie lipstick is really gonna get us um so we got him he is a womanizer and so like a bunch of his three of his girlfriends get together three of the women that are seeing him invite him to a party and it's like run by joe beth williams who plays margo and the other women which i think is worth mentioning even though they don't like they're around um is uh lisette anthony she's the other white woman she was in husbands and wives you know (laughs) yeah she was in she was in hollyoaks soap opera which i guess is still going yeah but the other actress who even gets even less lines is Victoria Mahoney, who plays Felicia, the the black girl, one of the the one black girl that he was seeing. And Victoria Mahoney is a director now, and she was I think she was like the second unit director on Rise of Skywalker. Oh, so like, oh, right. So that makes her like technically the first director, the the first like black woman director to do a Star Wars movie, even though she was she was second unit. But she's still, you know, hey, that's cool though. That's still cool though. Yeah, and she directs like a lot of TV. So it was interesting to see her. It's like, oh, you were you were acting. In yeah, the- you're like, oh, I'm seeing you on this side of the camera. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So they get him. They get him. They bring him to a party. They take him into a hot tub, and then they decide to drown him. <laughs> also, okay, I love, <laughs> I love, I love that Joe Beth, aka Margot. I'll just call her Margot. I love that she just says to him, "We're gonna have a sleepover um, with 
all of your ex-girlfriends and he is excited. I love that this man, this is really a moment where they're showing how delusional this misogynist is that he's like, Oh, awesome. I'm going to have like a foursome with all of you. This is going to be so hot. You're all into it. Your exes, really your exes, sir. He's like, yeah, no, this is going to be so awesome. And she's like, yeah, we just thought it would be fun. And he's, he's so stupid about women's emotions that he's just like, yeah, there's no way that they would have anything planned. And he gets there and he's so excited. And they're all like, yeah. And then they bring him in the hot tub. And then I love, I love that it's clear that they planned to murder him. Like this isn't on a whim, but their plan is so haphazard. They're just like, okay, we'll all just push him down in the hot tub. (laughs) Well, it's like, it's really emblematic of like how delusional, like a lot of people in this movie are, but he's delusional to think. And and you see this later on where he's just surprised that women don't like him. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I know I'm a jerk, but I mean, they like me. I was just like, no, uh, yeah, so they so they try to drown him in the hot tub. They think that they did it, but then he comes out, and then Joe Beth Williams pulls out a gun and shoots him, like, three times, and he dies. And then he gets stuck in this limbo area where they're not sure whether they're going to put him in heaven or hell. So they decide, God, the angels, whatever, they decide, okay, if you can go back to Earth and you can find one woman who likes you, then you can go to heaven. But then the (laughs) devil kind of like interferes and it's just like, no, but he's like a liar to women. It's going to make, you know, it's going to be hard. And so they decide to make it more difficult by turning Perry King into Ellen Barkin. (laughs) When when he comes back to earth. So it's Ellen Barkin playing this, this dead man. (laughs) Yeah, like he is now basically reincarnated as Ellen Barkin. And it's funny because there's this whole conversation in Purgatory, right, between the the male and female voice we never see. So you could, yeah, the angels and the devil, which is Bruce Payne, about, you know, what to do with this man, how do we handle it? But then when when he comes back as Ellen Barkin, it's it doesn't feel clear whether they mean that... Ellen Barkin, a.k.a. Steve, needs to win a woman over romantically or just love, you know, because there's so many kinds of love. And that was one of my questions. And the movie does eventually answer it, but it takes a really long time for that to be clarified. And it's really fascinating because I was like, well, if it's just love and it doesn't have to be romantic, then I think that very quickly he could learn how to be a friend. Right. But it's like, I just kept on, I just kept on being like, especially because, okay, so she comes and like, you know, it's, it's Ellen Barkin. So we're just using she, Steve, she. Um, Yeah. Ellen Barkin, the spirit of Steve embodying her, you know? Yeah. Yeah, She, um, so she immediately meets her secretary again, played by Catherine Keener. And like, and she, (laughs) Catherine Keener finds out that that Steve is dead and she starts crying and Ellen Barkin's like, oh yeah, you must have really liked Steve. (laughs) And then she's like, no, I cry when I'm really happy. He sucked. I love that so much. I love that moment. She's just like, she cannot contain herself. She is weeping because she is so happy this man is gone. It's incredible because, and, and like, you know, Ellen Barkin is just like, oh, doll face, you must be so sad. And like, oh, I'm so sorry. And and like 
Yeah, Catherine Keener is fine. Like, she is, like, completely okay. And, of course, because, you know, she's now in Ellen Barkin's body, she quickly creates this narrative that she is Steve's half-sister and they just found each other a few days ago and that Steve is away on a sabbatical and Steve asked her to stay in his apartment. And and also, like, she's, like, so good in the workplace at just, like, using the secrets she knows about everyone to be like, yeah, actually, I work in advertising too, so you should hire me while Steve's gone. You should just have me work here. <laughs> <laughs> And she gets the job so quickly because she just basically she blackmails people. She basically. blackmails people all the time because she has all the information. Because it's like I do love this, like because of course Steve is a, not only a man but like a, a man's man, like a real bro. He knows oh, yeah. everybody's secrets, and so she'll just like randomly be like, "I know about this shit. I know about this affair." Like she knows about everybody's fucking affair. It's crazy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It and also, it's clear that she's facilitated some of them. She'll be like, oh, yeah, you know how I introduced you to that redhead, you know? So I guess I'll just not tell your wife or, like, just all these all these secrets. And, of course, they're all like, wait, Steve told you that? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Steve. I love, I my half-brother who I met four days ago who disappeared has told me all this. <laughs> yeah, I love this idea that, like, they just had a long... Com- they met immediately had a long conversation about his entire life, all of his secrets, just immediately. Like, it would just be, it would have been much easier if she was just like, you know, he kept this one thing close to the chest. I mean, it's not like he was like a very transparent person, it didn't seem like. No, not at all. It was just weird that everybody was just like, I didn't know that he had a sister, really? Like They're (laughs) like, yeah, he would have told me, and it's like, I thought that part of his whole personality is that he's self-involved, so why would he care to tell you about his half-sister, you know, or his sister? And so... Yeah. I mean, it's funny, though, because Margot is the first person who believes, you know, that Ellen is Steve, because Ellen immediately goes there, because, you know, she remembers being murdered... As you do, right? Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> she's, so, she's so casual about it. She's like, hey, remember you murdered me last night? She's anyway, like, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> and Margo's like, what are you talking about? Who are you? And she's like, well, I could easily tell the cops where to find my body. And Margo's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is this blonde woman just like on my bed? Like, you know, just completely like intimidating me and like she knew where I lived all of this oh yeah by the way Ellen Barkin's name in this is Amanda yes and uh, you know it's (laughs) Amanda is so incredible really just amazing oh my god I totally forgot that like Taya Leone is in a scene she's in one scene and she's just and she also tells you like you're a piece of shit (laughs) yeah her character doesn't have a name no just just like a beautiful cameo (laughs) just yeah i mean Catherine keener's character doesn't have a name either uh it's just it's steve's secretary that is what she is credited as (laughs) (laughs) so okay so amanda she because the physical comedy that ellen barkin like you were just telling me about this is just like so incredible and i was thinking about it too because like, Ellen Barkin somehow came up with a way to, like, walk like a swaggering man. Yes. But, like, but like having to deal with the fact that, 
like not knowing how to do it with a woman's body. So she's yeah, just like, it's, kind of just like her shoulders are all the way up and she's just kind of walking around like a gangster the whole time. It's such incredible physical work. Like I really, it, I have rarely seen physical comedy this consistently good because she is doing it the whole She does it. She movie. commits entirely to it. And it is very, and like you said, it is very different than a woman walking with swagger or a woman walking in a masculine way. This is, she is fully doing the body swap work. Like this yeah. is someone who does not know how to have this body at all. And it is like so funny and so good because there's so many points where like, you know, she's excited now to like have the cleavage, but like, she's so gruff with it. <laughs> she, yeah, she's, she's very, very gruff. She's very, very like aggressive. And like, this comes, this is really interesting like the way that it's explored with Lorraine Bracco's character. So she's, so she takes Steve's job and <laughs> Steve jobs. Um, <laughs> she, she takes Steve's job and then she is trying to get this account because she makes this deal with the boss. It's like, I get the account. You hire yeah, if me. I get the Faxton and, account, which is like a cosmetic account. Yeah. And then you have to pay me 50 K more than you paid Steve. Yes. Uh, which I, I love that for her. I know, especially in the nineties. <laughs> that's so much money so much and so she has to like meet with and like woo Lorraine Bracco because it's her company and Lorraine Bracco is a lesbian and what follows I was you know this is an amazing plot the only thing that I didn't like about it is that it did not go on for longer I wanted them this was my favorite plot this was my favorite plot in the movie so Cause it was just like, so Lorraine Bracco is like, you know, she's, she's a business dyke. She's a power lesbian and yeah. she wants to be in charge. She's like going to Ellen Barker, just like, I'm going to take you to dinner. I'm like a fancy dinner that she's going to pay for. And just like, really just like touching her and like a very, like I'm in charge kind of way. And it's, like, oh yeah. And it's like very hot. And then like, she has such a good come hither face because it straddles this line of the kind of almost demure like, oh, like, are you hello? But then also like very aggressive and in charge. And she's she nails it. Yes. Yeah. She's she's so good. But then like Ellen Barkin, like she Amanda, she finds herself like feeling weird. And I just wish the movie explored those feelings more. Cause she's just like, there's just this look on her face where it's just like, she's the one in charge, not me. Yeah, and she's she so upset about it and she, confused and like clearly also turned on a little bit. Oh, for sure. And then like, there's this night where they're going to hook up and then she starts getting frazzled. And then the next day she's talking to Margo. She faints. She faints and she's talking to Margo about it. And, and of course, you know, at, at this point, Margo is still the only one who knows that Amanda is also Steve. And she's just like, I don't get it. Like, you know, yes, I'm in this body, but I'm still, I'm attracted to women and inside I'm this man and I'm aggressive and I know how to, I know how to have sex. And like, you know, uh, Sheila Faxton, she wants to have sex. And Margo's just like, yeah, but she's a lesbian and you're a misogynist and you're homophobic and it's different. Oh my God. <laughs> like she's and like, I, it's different. Like it's, it's a different dynamic and you don't know how to deal with that. Oh my God. I, also I was like, love, Ooh, oh my God, the read. I love how 
how she's so offended by being called homophobic. Like, she's just like, right. She uses slurs earlier in the movie, but she's still offended. She's like, what? I, you know, I just, it's like, no, you are. You are. She knows that you are. Yeah. Like, you don't hide it. Like, (laughs) but yeah, so (laughs) they, so they try to go out to dinner again, and then, of course, like, um, like Ellen Barkin, she feels uncomfortable because she feels like she's being dominated. So she's just like, you know what? Let's go to, like, a dive. And so they go to a dive, and they drink, and they, like, have a good time. They, like, they, like... <laughs> They, it's like, it's funny though because they are dressed up so much. They are so because they like, were at this like Manhattan yeah. lesbian spot that was like very like cool and nice and almost had this ballroom quality to it, like at a modern ballroom feel. So they go from that to the dive bar, which is like mostly straight guys, right? Yeah. So of course they get approached. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and they just <laughs> and now. Ellen Barkin is just like ready to just like whoop ass. God, I, she really is. There is no one else that could have done this in the way that she did it because she's, because she's so, she's so hot and she's like so like feminine in certain ways, but she's also just like aggressive in certain ways and she knows how to like be she, both and like go she back knows how to do it so well. This, this really, she carried the movie. I was thinking about how different this movie would have felt with someone else in this role. And like this movie has a lot of really ridiculous and hard to pull off plots. And, you know, there's a lot to unpack, but she, her performance, you're with her. She, yeah. Like I called her and like, this is not a word that I usually use, but it's like, she's like Foxy. Yeah, no, she is. She's Foxy. It just made me realize that's what that word means. And like, and Lorraine uh, Bracco, like, you know, really she crushes it as Sheila. And that's so important because I mean, I was thinking about when we covered Jenny's wedding and we talked about how they felt like they were like Barbies that were just like kind of forced to kiss and there was no chemistry and it was like, how are we supposed to be involved in this? This was like the absolute opposite of it. Like there was so much chemistry here that even with this ridiculous plot line where like Amanda is also Steve and like, you know, Oh my God. And like, like you're, you're like, wow, this is like a, this is a vibe. And like also, Oh my God. When she and Lauren Brocco are dancing and they can't decide who leads. Yes. Like, no. Yeah. They're arguing. They're like, wait, we can't both be leading. And then of course, you know, a man comes up and hits on Amanda and Amanda's like, fuck off. And then Sheila's like, yeah, fuck off. And then and then the guy's like, oh, I should have guessed, you know, which one of you is the man? And then Amanda punches him. And then, like, Sheila's like, wow, I'm into that. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they, they have a really cute thing going on. But then what happens is, is that Amanda gets the account and she actually, and I guess this is, it made me sad because it's like I wanted them to be together. But I also understand that she's trying to be a different person from Steve. So it's just like, no, it just makes me feel wrong because I just wanted this account and like, this just doesn't feel right. So, so it's like, she does the right thing, but it just, yeah. Means- Cause she tells Sheila the truth, but you know, what was funny to me is Sheila's all like, you're cruel, like you're cruel, like a man. And I was like, okay, record scratch on one hand, like women can be very cruel. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm like, come on, Sheila, you know this, you date women, they can be cruel. But second part was 
Sheila's also ethically wrong because this is a business relationship and Sheila totally was the one who was like, yeah, let's go out. So you're both fucked in that way. So you're both culpable when it comes to fucking around so that you can make the business shit happen. I'm not even against that, but it was funny to me. It's like, Sheila, it's not like y'all met on a dating app and then Amanda revealed that she worked in advertising. It's like, no, you like... I think it's supposed to be a situation where... Sheila is treating Amanda the way that Steve would treat a woman. Yeah. And so, like, Amanda's just like, what? Yeah. Like, I yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part of it. So it's oh, like, for sure. It's not even, like, that Lorraine Bracco's, like, bad. Like, it's it's just, like, I don't know. It almost feels like when you're in this position of power, yeah. you're, it's very easy to act like this. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so then it was, like, it's a big decision for Amanda to not act like that oh for sure absolutely i just thought it was funny when yeah. sheila acted like her heart actually got broken as if she wasn't playing a game too yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. i was it's like y'all are both playing games it's just different reasons different ways yeah exactly oh yeah. my god good can i say that like i also really love all of the time that amanda spends with Margot because it's like you're just you're hanging out with this person who killed you i know like they're in like they're hanging out in bed together yeah no like, they have like sleepover it's so funny. It's like they form this good friendship and, and it's like the, the contention of the friendship, at least at the beginning is, you know, Margo's afraid that Amanda is going to go to the police and say where Steve's body is. Right. Yeah. But then also Amanda is like, Hey, I need help trying to like figure out what the hell I'm doing here. <laughs> like, How do I, how do I maneuver so that I can either get my body back or like just learn how to live? Like it, oh it's God. like so absurd that it works. And it's like, it's so weird that like Margot is also like clearly going through some kind of like going through a crisis because this is happening. But you also just, she's just like trying to live her life. Like you see her like smoking weed. You see her like going to shit and she's just like, and then occasionally she'll go see like a psychic or something and just be like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But then she'll just be like, anyway. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> like to the party. I love the scene in the back of a limo where she's eating a bucket of chicken with the other exes and she's smoking with them and she's trying to explain to them Amanda and they're like, um, okay, you're anxious because we killed Steve. And she's like, no, 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 no. And Am- I love that like, Steve, like Amanda calls and she's she immediately just like, you've been smoking pot. Yeah. Like she's like, I know you're probably smoking pot and talking about what to do with me, huh? <laughs> like <laughs> Such a thing. And of course, meanwhile, this whole time, Amanda is hanging out with Walter played by Jimmy Smith's who was basically Steve's best friend or the closest he had to a best friend. And like, she tells him pretty early on, I'm Steve. And he's just like, yeah, okay. You know, whatever you're weird, but like you're hot. And like, also you're kind of like Steve. So I know how to relate to you. It's just like, (laughs) you know, it's just, not the weirdest thing ever i mean she knows everything about you yeah why are you (laughs) and he and there's a lot of moments there's a lot of light bulb moments where he's like wow you really are like steve or like how did you know that and like it's really their relationship is really interesting too just because there's this element it's funny that Amanda has a hard time grappling with the idea of being gay and the context with Sheila, but then there's a very homoerotic nature to her relationship with Walter since oh, yeah. she is C, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, because of the body swap, like it's going to be queer no matter what. Yeah. And like, 
is just really funny kind of read of, I don't know, just the way that she feels so much more comfortable with men because like, you know, men are men. And that's how she's always seen the world was just like you, you know, sleep with women, but you actually hang out with men. And so she never seems weirded out by the homoerotic nature with Walter. If anything, she brings up her own body to him. Like, she'll be like, did you see my legs? Aren't my tits great? (laughs) (laughs) And it's so funny because it's like, on one hand, yes, this is very straight behavior. But at the other hand, you're the one who's saying that you're Steve. (laughs) So it's a fascinating dynamic. Oh my god, yeah. And I mean, like once like in the legs really, I just I felt like I don't <laughs> I don't usually react to movies, especially in this genre like this. Yeah. But, but when I see Ellen Barkin in a movie, I'm just like, thank you. That yeah. Exists. Yeah, thank thank you thank for you, your work. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you Blake Edwards, you know. Yeah. Like thank you Julie Andrews if you had anything to do with this. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, for sure. I was just like, even if it was just like Blake was just in bed, and it's just like Julie. I think I want to do this, and she was like, "Yes." I'd be like, "Yeah." Also thank like her. this sounds like ridiculous <laughs> and fun and good. We should do this. Totally. <laughs> like it's just so, so it's really just like a delight. So much of the time, this is almost like this would be basically a full good romance episode, except oh my for god, the third act. The Which, third act is, I mean, I, okay, like. It's out of control. This, this movie is already really trusting that the audience is just going to go there and not ask too many questions, you know, suspension of disbelief, duh. And then also just kind of setting aside like logistical and even when it comes to like gender and sexuality, like there's a lot you can say about it. You know, there's a lot to critique in this kind of body swap film, right? Yeah. yeah. But the third act is like somehow wow. it's not even in those realms of things. It's just and a whole nother level of chaos. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I really, I couldn't. Like I was just sitting there and I just like, I couldn't, I really, I just keep saying it. I couldn't believe it. Like I actually, I like I hated, like I hated the choice so much that I almost loved it again. You know what I mean? Like when something is so, you're like this, the fucking audacity of the, the final act is so, you're just like, they made that. So after, after Amanda and Sheila Faxton, you know, they part ways and then Sheila Faxton is like going to get revenge on Amanda by basically saying, well, Yes, I will. I will have this agency, you know, run my account, but I'll pick one of the random guys. I'm not going to pick Amanda. Right. So she needs to get back at Amanda. Mm-hmm. Amanda's like talking to Walter about all of this. Right. Again, yeah. this goes to the Walter dynamic and they have a night where they get really drunk and Walter's really drunk. And Amanda's like, you need to stay here. You're too drunk. Like, I'm going to take off your pants. And he's like, ooh. And she's like, no, no, you're just drunk. So they get in bed and we just see them get in bed. And then we see one moment where she's like, get your hand off my ass. And he's like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah. And then they go to sleep. Right. So that we're just like, okay, they're drunk. They fell asleep in bed together. Whatever. Yeah. And then they get up. Oh my God. um, And, Essentially, what happens is is that she sees Amanda sees that Walter took his took his underwear off at some point, 
And so, and she, you know, it's, it's so interesting because like, it's the part where you realize and you hear, and she mentions it a bunch of times after this, that she has never had sex in this body. So she is tech. She is like a virgin. Right. And so she, so she, so she has, she wakes up, she finds out that she has lost her virginity and that she can't remember it because, because she she was, was drunk, because she was drunk. And so she like immediately call, she immediately calls him a rapist which is she's right but the other interesting thing is like i didn't how does a guy like steve even know this like it's like it's this kind of thing that was actually my thought too like first of all i was shocked i was just truly shocked they did not set us up at all and and they didn't show anything and I didn't, it's not that I wanted them to show anything but like for a second I was like wait did that happen not because I don't believe but just cuz I was like wait I'm confused like right like so so he it's just interesting because like Steve is the kind of guy who would never recognize this as assault and I yes. guess we're supposed to believe that like now that he is in a woman's body he knows that it's assault which right. like which that's that's a lot of information to get like all at once it is, especially because he is like Amanda is a bro the whole time, right? And that is part one of the things that feels believable about this because in some other body swap movies, it's like they immediately kind of just seem to be at home. Amanda's a bro the whole time, and even hanging out with Margot, she's totally a bro. So it's a really quick switch for her to be like, I don't remember that. It's not okay. It doesn't matter that I was drunk. It doesn't matter that you were drunk. If I don't remember and I didn't say yes, that's rape. And it's like, yeah, you're totally, yeah, no, you're totally right. She's 100% right. But she's right in a way that a dude like that wouldn't be right. And she starts even listing off statistics. Like she goes, you know, every six seconds, a woman in America is raped and all this stuff. And I was like, when did you learn? This? When did you learn this? Cause even, even, you know, women who like, like don't always know statistics, you know, like I was just like, this is really interesting. Yeah. I think it would have made more sense if she had, not that we need to see this exact conversation, but if it felt like her and Sheila or her and Margot had a conversation where one of them kind of, I mean, it would make more sense with Margot since Margot actually knows about Amanda, like was kind of lecturing about the reality, but we don't see that. Yeah. We just kind of see Amanda be a bro. So then for her to immediately switch, especially because yeah, it, it, like when they fell asleep, it, it also <laughs> Walter, like, I don't know. It was just weird. Uh, it just felt really sudden. Yeah. And well, obviously that is how assault happens, but it was just like for the way the movie was, having us move along emotionally, I just felt like this is super And also the movie forced. the movie never really implicates Walter as being like Steve in any way. No, if anything, it's like Walter is kind of the guy who's actually pretty decent and one of the worst things about him is that he enables men who aren't, right? Exactly. Like he's like the guy who doesn't call out his friend enough. Yeah. But like will also he will call out his friend, but just not enough. And that's still not okay, but that's very different than being steve yeah yeah it's really it's, it's interesting because it's just like where like where did this come from from walter like what was his i feel like maybe it would be easier to wrap our head around if we knew what was going on with walter because like as far as we know he was just chilling like he was fine 
Like, there wasn't any, like, indication. It would have made way more sense if, also, we never see Walter actually interact with a woman that's not Amanda. We never see him, yeah. like, on a date or, like, how he talks to women. We And we don't really even hear him, like, say things that seem, I don't know, he's just kind of talking to Amanda, a.k.a. Steve. That's it. So we don't have any context for what he's like with women no, outside of this weird, com- you know, body swapped situation. So yeah. for it to immediately be like, yeah, well, actually, he's the rapist, you know, that could have been something that could have been done well, because that is a real thing is the friend, you know, the quote friend or the guy who seems nice. But it with Walter, it just doesn't work for me. No. Yeah, it just it just doesn't. And it's like it's also obviously such a heavy thing to just wedge into a movie with no. like Right. It just it just it just comes out of nowhere. And it's really, you know, like difficult to. You know, it's like, oh, okay, this is the movie that we're in now. And then, oh my you know, God. that would have been okay if but they just stopped being friends after that. Yes, if they... But they don't. If, if it was like, you know, Amanda cuts him off and then... But no, then she finds out she's fucking pregnant from, have, from, from being assaulted once. So, and she... And she's also being like implicated for her own murder because because Margot plants the gun on her. So she's dealing with that, and then she's dealing with being pregnant, and like so much is happening. And then, and this is in the last thirty minutes. Like it's this so, is wild. It's just so much to throw in, and then like and then she like she wants to have the baby, which is such a wild. Thing. I hated I hated the way that they had her talk about it it felt like i was like did this movie just turn into a christian propaganda about like abortion being bad like what are you talking about this is if there's any situation in a movie where an abortion is the obvious choice it's when you've been body swapped you're trying to get your old body back and you've been assaulted what the fuck are you talking about like the gift like i just i couldn't she's like well what would i basically it's like Amanda now is so in touch with this aspect of womanhood and like the idea of motherhood that she's immediately just like, this is part of why I'm alive. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened to the movie? Yeah, it's very, you know, it's funny because like so much of the conversation about like gender and sex in this movie is really, really smart and sharp and especially coming out of the 80s, almost like surprising. Oh, yeah. You know, the nuances that are actually picked up. It's like honestly pretty daring in certain areas. Like there are a lot of rom-coms that like would just laugh at this kind of stuff and not take it seriously. So for her to just randomly have this maternal instinct come out of nowhere, it's just like such a strange thing where it's like you have to remember, oh, yes, Blake Edwards is an old white. Yeah, no, yeah. that no, that was my feeling too. It was really the end where I was like, oh yes, you can definitely tell this was made by an old white man. Whereas the beginning, like I remember when I when I saw that he had directed it, I was impressed. I was I was impressed. I thought that maybe there would be a woman involved because I was definitely when I put this on, I was waiting for it to be far worse than it was. And then the third act, that's when you start getting the real cringe takes where you're like, ah, here we are. The third. <laughs> Act, I, I strongly believe that the third act is why this movie isn't remembered well by a lot of people. Yeah, I think so. Because, like, the first two thirds of it is, like, really, like. It's funny. It's, it's a good movie. So, yeah. It's, it's really well acted. There, It's well written. And then, and then it just 
I mean, and then Walter's just like, okay, we're having the baby together. And, and so then they're like, like in a relationship. Yeah. It's they, like they've they, never yeah. worked out the fact that he was a rapist. Like they're just like, well, okay, we're going to. And then he's like, we should get married because you're having a baby. What the fuck are you talking about, Walter? It's like, yeah, it's it, it almost becomes like Walter's story. Yeah. In the end. And it's like, why? We like we we don't know really anything about him. Yeah. So why? <laughs> and also he does like Walter's character does feel like a man who would want to get married and maybe have kids. But he also doesn't feel old so old-fashioned that he'd immediately be like we have to have a shotgun wedding because you're pregnant like that feels like a departure from so much of the culture I mean, of the movie like 10 minutes yeah before. so for him to immediately be like let's get married like is really i mean on one hand it's feels really inconsistent but then on the other hand i'm like well there's totally guys like that and maybe that's just the kind of guy that walter is is he's just really extreme he really pulled like a barney stinson he did he was just like oh my god my whole life has changed yeah he's like oh oh, now i have this (laughs) it's also funny that walter the beginning of the movie he is really genuinely confused and concerned about where steve is but like there's this and and he makes it very clear that he doesn't believe that Amanda is Steve yeah. when she tells him. But then it it but, really does feel like he just doesn't fucking care about Steve. And that's really funny like, to me. He's like, just like, I guess my friend might be dead. He's like, but he finds out that he's dead right after he assaults her. They hear on the news that his friend is dead. And you would think that like all of this information would like. He'd have like a mental breakdown. Yeah, that's a lot for Walter to take in. But instead he just like, he just like totally snaps into it. Like it's. It's almost like the movie the movie becomes like very married to gender roles like right at the end where suddenly yes. like, he's a man, he's taking care of things and suddenly like a uh, like Amanda is just like oh, I'm just I'm gonna get married. Like I'm just a docile woman. It's just like Like both of their personalities <laughs> like change. Yes. Like Walter's less than hers, but it's just wild. And then I can't like the the ending is I I oh my god I I was screaming I was screaming Jordan so the, uh, the ending is what well, you you okay, I okay I take it away okay so she's pregnant they're together they're married and she gives birth and you know the birth goes fine and the baby's screaming and then right after she gives birth well her baby is a daughter her baby is a girl and that girl loves her and so then she dies because finally. She has been released from the body of Amanda because a woman loves her, her daughter that she had after being assaulted by Steve's best friend. What? What? I was screaming. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? And then then we hear the angel voices and they're like, so, and what's weirdest is that at the beginning of the movie, it made it seem like, okay, well, if you get someone to love you, you can return as Steve, right? Or you go to heaven. And so it, it's clear that it's like, okay, you're going to heaven. You're not returning as Steve. Steve's done. Amanda's done. And they're just like, do you want to be a female angel or a male angel? And Amanda can't decide. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? Okay. Angels don't have gender. So what? Here we are. So here we are. Like, I almost, I almost was like, this is really interesting because it does, it would mean that like Steve really isn't sure. Like in the end, like, am I Steve? Am I Amanda? Like we have yeah. all these gender questions. But the thing about it is, is that 
Steve makes a very definite choice in the end to, like, of course, having children does not make you a woman. Right. I want to be clear about that. Yeah, absolutely. But, but Steve makes the choice in the end to act in this, like, to take on this very traditionally feminine role. So then, yeah. like, so what would... <laughs> I don't <laughs> I know just, well yeah because yeah. then you're just like oh damn because I completely was like okay I, we're, we're not considering this a gender movie in the sense of like Steve's character actually has gender questions right this is a body swap movie yeah. but then the end of the movie Steve's like well actually and I'm like wait <laughs> Okay, yeah, wait. It's, like it's, it's the end of the movie, and suddenly we're just like, oh, Steve, wait, like, wait, so does, does Steve prefer does, being Amanda? Yeah, like, does has Steve had dysphoria? Like, is this movie just gonna throw that in there also? Because yeah, we I were just going for the cartoony body swap, and then of course, there's a shot of Walter and Steve Manda's daughter just at the grave, just like. <laughs> Just like, we love you. And I'm like, I I feel like this is actually a movie that you know the sequel would be awful, but we need a sequel because we actually need answers. I truly... Can like, you imagine a sequel to this? Like, how do you even... How? I, I really... It, <laughs> the ending just feels like such a different movie. It really does. It just... It's so... <laughs> It, no, it, it, like, it's I feel so like this funny. movie could be cut up into two completely different movies. I mean, yeah. honestly, there's so many plot things that happen, just like plot points, emotional plot points. But I just, I was like laughing. I was angry. Yeah. I really, I really was just a bundle of emotion. It really, I mean, I, that almost is what kind of makes me appreciate it because it's just like, just when I got comfortable, it really threw me a curveball and I can't help but respect it for truly surprising. So being like, this is terrible. A hundred out of a hundred audacity of this movie. <laughs> this movie is like 10 out of 10 audacity. Wow. Yeah. Went there everywhere. Every place it could go. It, it went, went everywhere that it could go. And it could really. It oh, the really, places it went. <laughs> it really could have just done. It really could have just gone one or two places, but it went. To all of them, it was like he was. It was like Blake Edwards was trying to explore the entirety of the gender experience up until like his as much as he could. Come yes. Up with. Yes. Absolutely. Like, it, you know, with the limits of his old white man brain, he really tried. He did. He did. And I think if if we were to narrow it down to one or a few plot points in order to make it more cohesive and retroactively better i would i would want it to be the 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 faxton lesbian plot because i think that that was really well done and really interesting and i liked that even though this movie's campy and silly it's not really a punchline even it's just like like amanda figuring out how to navigate her like being sexual or being on dates in a way that's not straight is the most interesting part for me. Like being like, Oh wait, I don't know how to like, Steve does not know how to be in this dynamic. That was the most interesting to me. Like the Walter stuff was interesting 
before they actually got together and before he turned into a rapist. Like, their relationship was interesting. So I just feel like just cut the third act out, end it differently, <laughs> and this would be, like, chef's kiss. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what would we tell people to... Should we... Would we tell people to watch this? If you have Cinemax, it's there, and it's worth taking a look at, I think. Yeah. I mean... You know, there's plenty of body swap movies, so if you don't have Cinemax, you can watch other body swap movies. I don't think that they have the same tone as this. You know, watching Freaky Friday is going to be a very different experience. But I think you should put on, either put this on or put on a, your favorite body swap movie instead. Yes, yes, totally. So, Bronwyn, why don't you take us out? So, as you know, if you're listening, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, all the places that you listen. If you're not a patron and you want to be a patron, we have several tiers, $2, $5, $8. You get newsletters, and you, which I will be sending a new one soon. You can request an episode, and then you also get bonus episodes. We have our How I Met Your Mother podcast, which is fully finished and recorded. We have our OC podcast. We have our Erotica in the Smut podcast. So we got a lot of bonus episodes. So if you want to join the Patreon, we'd love that. If you're already there, we love you. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who's been patient and staying with us through all of our changes. We love you lots. I hope that you're drinking water and taking care of yourself and, you know, figuring out if you want to dress up for Halloween. You can send us photos, you know, send us costume photos to Bad Romance. I'm Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jordan Searles. Bye. Bye. Bye.